Welcome back to another episode of the Resellers Mindset Podcast. My name is Mike, also known as the Used Book Guy on YouTube, along with my friend and fellow full-time reseller, Johnny B. We help people start and grow their reselling businesses from the ground up. We also have a weekly Zoom call and private Discord for all YouTube members. Head on over to youtube.com backslash usedbookguy to join the channel and gain access to the full-length podcast, Zoom call, and private Discord today. Let's get into this week's episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome into episode 16. 10 for me, 6 from him. However, he wants to, like, my ring finger is, like, getting lost. Wait, <laughs> I'm missing fingers here because of my green screen. <laughs> Today's topic is going to be basically our outlook for this year, what we think the reselling market is going to do here overall. We're already almost a month in, so I feel like we kind of have a good feel already for how things are going to play out. For those who don't know, Mike here, he's book guy over on YouTube, full-time media seller. And we got Johnny B over here. You know, listen, my background's fake, right? I'm not actually in the library. He's actually in his warehouse over there. So uh, that's the big difference here. He's more uh, full-time eBay, but he also is full-time Amazon. So, I mean, there's a bunch of things we can cover, right, with Outlook. I think kind of the, the big one is going to be, what are the platforms going to do this year, do we think? Do we think we're going to see... Uh, more competition, you know, whatnot was like a huge explosion onto the scene last year. Is another one of those going to pop up? Um, is the eBay live auction thing going to, you know, gain some traction? Right? He he laughed, so that's where we're going to start. All right, eBay live auction going against whatnot. Give me your no, opinion there. No, it's no competition. I mean, they're too little, too late. What what whatnot is capitalize that market? I think it's going to be one of those flash in the pan things for a period of time. I'm, if I had to guess, I'd say. Four years max, but more along the lines of two. Um, and then unless they make some significant changes, I think, um, is the reason for my whole hypothesis on that. Um, as far as how eBay Live auctions will do in comparison or just on its own, I think on its own, it'll people will try it out, see what it's about. Um, I don't think it'll catch on like they're planning on it too, because eBay doesn't like to spend a lot of money on advertising. Um, I'm not sure how much advertising and whatnot did, but they were everywhere, right? They exploded on the scene, like you said. So at least they got, I'm going to assume maybe they got even organic advertising, even if they didn't pay any dollars for it. I don't see eBay doing that either. Yeah, I, I think you're right on that because, I mean, how many bigger reselling YouTubers, right? This video is sponsored by whatnot. Use my code and get $10 free to spend. I mean, that was... For a three month period, every big reselling channel was pushing that every single video. So yep. I think you're right on the head. Maybe we'll just talk about like market share to begin here. Like there's okay. so many platforms. Um, do you think another one's going to pop up? You think there's going to be another reselling platform pop up this year to try to take another piece of the pie? I don't know about this year, but again, I say within the next two years, we're going to see one. It might be this year, actually. What it is. I couldn't say, is it going to be an auction? Is it going to be a buy it now thing? Is it going to be something that maybe it's in the media? It's just a whole media site that sells stuff. Who knows? Do you think any of the, the smaller platforms are going to either go away this year or maybe by getting bought by a larger, you know, maybe getting bought by eBay or Amazon, like kind of like a Depop or Poshmark or Mercari, the smaller ones, even though they're really not that small, but in comparison, they are. Do you think, you know, they're going to be around or maybe they're going to get bought or go away? I think, I think everybody's on a, 
freeze on spending money, the bigger guys, because they're they're trying to watch the dollars and watch the economy do what it's going to do um, while keeping their stockholders happy. Now, that's not to say some wealthy individual or a small startup that has a big bankroll may not buy may buy some of these smaller ones you're talking about because they got a really cool idea they want to implement with something somebody else's IP that they think they can expand on. I can see that happening. Whether that's a success or not, I can't really speak to it until I see it, honestly, or what they're what, what they're planning on doing with it. Um, I don't see the big boys buying any of the small boys out, save maybe Amazon, because regardless of all the cuts and the warehouse closures and the personnel fire, f- firing, they're always looking to expand and buy, um, even though they're watching their wallets right now. Yeah, I agree. I, I I definitely feel like I could see one of these smaller ones disappearing here within within the next year. Um, it's just you know it's just how it is, right? These these bigger platforms take more of the share, and and the other ones go away. And you could even argue some people only sell on some of these smaller platforms because they can't sell on the larger platforms for whatever reason, right? Maybe you're banned on eBay or banned on Amazon or both. So now you have to utilize some of these smaller platforms. So I don't know, it's weird, because you never really hear like, at least in my experience, I never hear of somebody that just is like a Depop seller, right? They only sell on Depop or Mercari or Poshmark. Like, I don't I don't even know if these people exist. Like, do they exist? Do you know of anybody like that specifically just sells on those platforms alone? Yes, but they switched to eBay. And they may dabble in what they came from, but they do eBay primarily now. And I know that from my other group, um, but they, they were, I remember Depot specifically, some guy mentioning that, but he also owned a brick and mortar on top of that. So I think everybody's looking to always diversify, get a little bit of extra income in their stuff, but is planning your flag on one of these smaller guys. That's really hard to do. I'm not saying it's not doable, but I think you have to roll with some of the bigger guys in addition to really, really produce. All right. So I'm going to blow it up right here for you. Here goes, here comes the, the, the nuke, the nuclear bombs about to hit. Um, <laughs> what, if there was no cross-listing software, would these smaller platforms exist? I'm not sure. Um, I don't think so. I, I really don't because there'd be no incentive to do it on their own with the amount of foot traffic or virtual traffic they would have. I think you would need cross-listing to capitalize on the smaller guys. Uh, a lot of ponds, but there's only a couple big oceans, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think if cross-listing doesn't exist, I mean, that, these guys would be probably, a, you know, 2% of what where they're at now when it comes to listing and activity on these platforms because everybody sees the smaller platforms as uh, just that it's an afterthought, right? It cross lists there. I don't care about it. If I get a sale, so be it, I'll go ship it, but it's not, it's never a priority. It's, it's always, you know, second or third or fourth down the list for, for resellers. Now, if you're a part-time person, I could see you be, I could see somebody being full-time part-time, if that makes sense at some of these smaller platforms. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely could see that making, making sense. Um, I guess, I mean, if you think about it, maybe there is opportunity on these smaller platforms. If you specifically only sold, say, hey, say, you know, I wanted you wanted to start doing Depop instead of eBay for your books. There's less competition, which means you can kind of 
control the price on that platform, even if it's out of line with the actual, you know, how much is actually worth, you could probably get more if you're, you know, the only person over there selling it. It's kind of like Amazon, right? You get more on Amazon versus eBay in most cases. Yeah. Well, maybe you could get more on Depot versus eBay if the competition is less. I mean, if you're doing something, I mean, there's something to be said here for if you're doing something everyone's not doing and you're the only one doing that thing, yeah, you, you can make some money for yourself because you're the only one. Um, like if I took my books, even Poshmark, for instance, I think I could do fairly well. I would list differently and I would list different kinds of books there, but I could see it. Yeah. And I guess then again, you would just run into, you know, people that just cross list. Right. So, I mean, I guess you can't escape it. <laughs> Sorry, you can't go hide to Depop and make a whole bunch of money. Unfortunately, uh, the bigger players are going to be cross listing to every single platform that we know of. So I mean, that's a good topic to start with is market share. Uh, now we're going to kind of get into the, the touchy feeling one of probably the one that's on everybody's mind, because it always is, is do we see fee increases this year? Uh, for what platforms and, you know, how do, how do you think they're going to justify it, right? So we'll, we'll just reference back to last year, you know, Amazon had their inflation, fuel, gas, surcharge, uh, nonsense. eBay had the promotional listing increase by a percent, um, little things like that. I think, you know, from last year, just to kind of give perspective, I think it's going to be another year of the same, if not worse. What do you think? Oh yeah, I already felt it. I mean, stamps went up on Monday from three forty nine to three sixty five. I mean, that hurts a little bit with my margins. Uh, I like my margins being bigger, not smaller. Uh, but yeah, I think all of them. I think it's going to be more or less the same. We might see something new pop up, a new kind of fee on our platforms, eBay and Amazon. But I expect that to happen. What that comes in as far as percentage or a dollar amount or a um, sale amount where they're going to want more or an international thing. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be something. Yeah, I agree. I think I think we're going to see almost across the board increases here. And it's funny to to be talking about this because uh, Deb has her you know her Shopify website, and they just raised their monthly subscription today. So um, she's already seeing it already, and we're already seeing it with Amazon, right? You know, the the removal fees alone tripled you know, a week ago. So we're, we're already feeling it and everything's changing and everybody, I think these platforms are trying to find not, they're not going to increase, right? They're not going to say, Hey, your overall fee increase is going to go up because they don't want to offend anybody. Right. They're not going to say, well, the flat, the final value fee is going to go up. It's going to be something like you're talking about, right? Where, well, if the item is under $25, there's a 3% fee, but if it's over $25, then it's only a two and a half percent fee like something like that it's not going to be a, a blatant across the board thing it's going to be something they slide in under there so they don't take the hit of like oh my god we're raising fees they want to kind of spin it so that it's not really a, a completely negative thing well yeah they're always going to want to spin it they're gonna they're gonna preach it's gonna be better for personnel it's gonna be better for workflow it's gonna be better to the end user it's gonna be better which is the customers it's gonna be better for the sellers um they're always trying to spin it into some positive light um do i think they're justified in saying so and that it's an untrue statement debatable um i understand they need to make money too they are a business and they have to account for inflation just like we have to account for inflation or junk economy um 
I don't know. I, I would say they're fair to do so because it is their business. They need to run it how they see fit. Do I think they're being extra greedy with it? Not so much because usually they're really small and the fees are, and we we as the seller adjust for that on our end. Can you agree that these platforms don't care if sellers leave their platforms because of these fee increases? Absolutely not. Where else are they going to go? Yeah. So they don't, they don't care about your feelings or, no. you know, if you feel like closing up shop because Amazon decided to raise their fees 5% for, uh, you know, whatever crazy reason they want to buy the employees ice cream every day or something. Right. They don't care if you say, all right, well, then I'm not selling, selling here no more. They'll, they, just, they just figure, well, if you're not going to somebody else will come along and do it. And I think that's the hard truth that, you know, a lot of resellers don't want to accept, like, they really, you know, you're not valued on these platforms and they don't care if you go away today. It's equivalent of taking my ball and going home. It's yeah. like, okay, the people that stay, they're just going to get another ball. They don't care. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's tough to think about, right? Because, you know, a lot of us, a lot of resellers that are doing it full time kind of left jobs that didn't care about us, but here we are on platforms that don't care about us. Right. And it's one of those things where one day you can show up and, you know, your account's banned for some, some crazy reason, or, you know, you're fired from your job or it's the same thing, just in a different kind of, kind of mind, right. You're, you're your own boss, but you're not really your own boss because if you don't have your platforms, you got nothing. Right. It's like uh, the thing that attaches to a shark and feeds off the little parasite analogy, right? That's what we are. Shark don't care. Yeah. So it's it's weird to think about, but we both agree there's going to be increases across the board here. And, you know, every time sh shipping goes up, it's a it's a fee increase because, we're, oh, well, I charge for shipping. Well, you still got to pay fees out of your shipping total. So, I mean, you're not you're not escaping shipping increases by charging for shipping <laughs> i hate to break it to you <laughs> for your rent going up if you're renting a storage unit or a warehouse or you're leasing or uh the water bill going up your electric bill going up. i mean this is just par for the course all right well that can roll us right into the next thing what kind of reselling expenses are we going to see go up we already said storage unit i already said mine mine already went up 10 bucks so i went from 92 dollars for a 10 by 10 to 102 dollars, which is still cheap for me so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about that. It's still way under what the market price was when I was looking, but like you said, you know, it's going to keep going up here. So that's one thing if you have to, to worry about if you have an outside or, you know, if you have somewhere beside your home that you're working from those, those costs are always going to go up. Um, trying to think of like, oh, well, you know, your supplies, right? Your supplies, everything goes up. If you, you can't tell you how many times you go back to order something on Amazon, and you're like, wait a minute, I didn't pay this much last time I ordered this. And it goes up five bucks. You know, that could be every two weeks, every month. Everything keeps going. Do you have anything that like kind of jumps out at you that you you bought? And the next time you went to buy it, you were like, wait a minute, this is way out of line from what I paid. Yeah, I mean, um, my packaging materials, I had to give Uline a phone call. I use Uline. I'm sorry, people who don't use Uline. I know I'm spending a premium. Uh, but I had to call. I'm like, okay, look, guys. How much volume do I have to buy before I get start getting a discount that isn't displayed on you? Because you only go up so much. No, and they took me seriously, and they phoned me upstairs, and guy gave me a quote over the phone. Um, and it's a lot of units, but they they will do deeper discounts. Um, because I saw their prices go up marginally, so but you compound that by a lot of purchases or a lot of 
units, it adds up fairly quickly. And even if you're talking like a dollar off or $2 off or $5 off, it really adds up. Uh, my stickers that I put on my envelopes, those went up. I think it went from two to three cents uh, each. But when you're buying them in units of 5,000, it adds up. It's a third percent increase, right? I mean, we're talking pennies here, but still. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, Deb's the same way when she's buying business cards and everything. You know, you she's sitting there in Vista print. She's like, "Well, if I buy two, if I buy two thousand, it's six cents a piece. If I buy five thousand, it's three cents a piece." And yeah, okay, people out there listening are probably like, "Who cares about three cents, Johnny B? You're worried about three cents." I'm well, always worried about three cents. Three cents compounded. It's going to equal a nice. It's going to equal a nice little chunk of money that you wish you had. And if you compound that to all the different, you know, supplies you need as a reseller, you know, you're talking hundreds, thousands of dollars here, especially if you're doing this full time. Yep. And just because you're doing it part time doesn't mean you have to. You know, you shouldn't be worried about your, your expense costs. I think it's you know it's just as important as anything else. Why am I going to pay more for poly bags or something like that if you don't got it? You're just being lazy and clicking on the first thing you see on the website. Right. I mean, let's put it a different way. If I went into your bank account at the end of the year and took out a thousand dollars, you'd be upset. Anybody. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if thousand dollars doesn't mean anything to you, I don't know why you're watching this podcast, but most of us would be upset if thousand dollars was just stolen from you. Software. That's another Ooh. thing. Uh reselling a huge reselling expense, especially in the Amazon world. Uh yeah. the, the eBay world, not so much. I mean, there are different things you can have. You Look know. at his description too, the store subscription. Oh yeah, that is true. Yeah. So I mean that I Amazon's not gonna move their professional plan $39.99. I don't see that. I don't I think that that stays there because they're they're raising it in other inconspicuous ways. They're not worried about that. They uh, don't need to charge. raise that. They can raise the other ones. I, and I think I think we could almost say the same for eBay, right? They're not gonna touch that that subscription fee for the store levels. No. I don't I don't see either one touching this the store fee itself because they want more users to come and they'll they'll balk at a hundred dollar store subscription versus a forty dollar subscription because like you said they'll make up for it in other ways it's little small fees they don't think people will notice but they add up oh yeah yeah so i I, th I think those will stay the same but software i for amazon the software listen if you're selling on amazon or you're thinking about selling on amazon do not get caught up in this software chaos i mean if if we had a list of how many like how many different softwares do you think there are for Amazon sellers? If you had a list of every single one, it's got to be at least a thousand. Reprice it or no the the entire list of overall out there? everything cool. that's out there. I think a thousand is a fair number, maybe even more. Yeah, I I think it might be more, but I don't want to sound too much like a lunatic. There's so many like third party guys. My tool can do one thing better. My tool has a better AI than this is guy's AI. Uh, okay it's a lot i feel like you can easily get lost in all the software sauce i was trying to look up like specifically the ai stuff it's nonsense all of it's <laughs> nonsense there's so much of it right it's like i mean and and they even have almost like the same names it's like one letter's different or something it's, it's like <laughs> i mean look at scout iq and scout lee they sound the same even Yep. And they look the same. If you use both of these, they look the same. Dude, it's literally carbon copies of each other, basically, with a little bit of different features. Uh, but yeah, software on Amazon is brutal and there's so much of it. And I mean, inventory labs increased late last year to, you know, a, a much higher price. 
I feel like, you know, I use ScanLister and that's the cheapest listing software at 24 bucks a month. But I, I feel like they could easily raise that to $30 a month because all the list. Yeah, all the listing software is, is much more expensive than that. So uh, I, I think if you keep your subs under $50 starting out, you're fine. It's fine to have higher tiers. But if you're under 50, 50 or under, I think people will pay it. I do. I, t- I, I agree. They'll pay it because a lot of resellers don't know their don't know their numbers and they really don't look at a PL overall. They just look yeah. at their sales. They don't see the back end, you know, PayPal coming out every month for your repricer and everything else. <clears throat> but I think a lot of it's just you don't need it honestly i think you don't need especially what we do with media i don't think you need 99 take it old school like when i started or when you started i mean we didn't have you were going down the thing if you're a part-time guy you can go down the thing and reprice your stuff if you're under 500 units i think you can manually do it still it's a little time sink but i think you're better off financially not spending for software upgrades unnecessarily until you're past a certain number where it's unmanageable yeah, I, I mean, reprice it, you know, at 10 bucks a month to start out as a steal. Like, I could see them raising that for sure. Oh, yeah. It should be at least 20 bucks, in my opinion. But <laughs> we're just we're just talking. We're just gassing all these companies to raise all their all their fees and subscription costs. But I do think the Amazon world, you have to be wary of your subscription cost overall. Be smart about it. You don't need all the bells and whistles. You just need something that works. Stop getting caught up with all the nonsense because, you know, the used book guy is using the most most expensive software. So I have to use it too, or I am nobody. That's not the case at all. Be smarter than everybody out there should be trying to be smarter than me and cheaper than me. Although good luck because I'm a cheapo. I mean, even look at, no offense, Mike, but your subscription and I'm not, I only not only pay you, I pay the daily refinement group. And that's just me calling the brakes there. I could join a whole bunch of other groups and pay be paying, I don't know, a boatload of educational material IRS. <laughs> if you joined every YouTube reselling channel that had like a Discord that you had to pay for or something, yeah. like you'd probably have like a thousand dollar bill every month. I mean, between you and them, I'm I'm close to forty bucks a month in just the group fees, and that's just another subscription, right? I mean, I can write it off as educational, but yeah um yeah i mean it all adds up but if you if you raised yours or refinement raised theirs to 50 dollars a month i'd still pay it more people would still pay it all right the, the fee's going up <laughs> you heard it here folks <laughs> 59.99 to be part of the used book gagger yeah i think i mean i'm not going to sit here and say a higher cost is necessarily a bad thing right if you have a better program right if you got a yeah. better program than me then you should be charging double the membership cost that I have because yours is better in different ways. But it has to be something that's measurable, right? You just can't sit here and say, oh, well, I'm better than him, right? <laughs> Who cares? Mike <laughs> adds one new emoji to Discord a month. That's what you're paying for. <laughs> like, like it's got to be something that's measurable to your business. Just because you know someone says it's better than you know that nobody cares about that, right? It's but people do, and people you know they they jump right in. But I do think there is a premium, right? We'll we'll kind of use Inventory Labs. I mean, I'll say you know it's the best listing software out there. It's the cleanest, most functional. That at least I've I've used three different ones, and that was the best one to me. <clears throat> but I'm not willing to pay three times what I pay just to have their fancy, nice software when it works the same as the one I have. I think I'm going to stick with them, um, but I agree with everything you just said. I don't need to, but I like the way it looks and uses, and it's slick. Yeah, I I prefer it, so I'll, I'll pay up for it. 
That's that's my splurge on myself and splurging on my software a little bit. And that's what you think until I run the numbers for the year. And then I'm going to sit down and show you how to use ScanLister. And you're going to say, wait, this can save me $600? All right, I'm in. But it takes me 600 hours more time. It's, <laughs> it's, not, that, it's not that bad. All right. I mean, come on. I'm not right. saying it's that bad, but that would be my counter argument to so, your financial argument. So software, there's a high probability software costs are going to go up this year as well, right? And it's just, it's one of the, another one of those things. I mean, can we sit here and say anything is going to go down across the board? Do you have anything in mind that might go down? Financially going down, what did I see there? Excluding sales, um, not going to count those, or limited time offers, not going to count those. Um I think our sourcing might go down, the buy cost, but not for the first six months. I'm going to say the last half of the year, we're going to see it go down, but we're going to see it go up before it goes down. And when I mean goes down, it goes back to what it is today because they're going to get, like I said, they're going to raise it and then they're going to go down. I kind of agree with this and I, I kind of been hitting at it here and there the past month or two is that cash is king, right? Especially now because cash is... It's not worth as much, but people need it more than they ever had. So you can leverage your cash to get a lower price, in my opinion, especially with media. If you say, hey, you know, like I pay 10 cents per DVD and I have plenty of people reach out and, you know, it's not junk. It's their collections that they want to get rid of. So like that right there just goes to show that, you know, people, people sometimes just need money. And if you have it, you can get, you can, you know, get a better bargain than going to a thrift store or something like that. So I do think buy costs, I think, I really think there's no floor to buy costs until it's zero, because that's, that's the end game where you get inventory for nothing. And if you're paying thrift store prices, then you're going to, you got to start thinking outside the box because thrift store prices I don't see them coming back down ever. Like Goodwill's never going to, you know, have books again at 99 cents. I think poor old mom and pops will. And I think the estate sales will. And I think the auctions will. But as far as thrifts, nah, if anything, I'd, I'd still say they would go up minus their deals they do. And they may dip a little bit for Q4, but on average, they're always going to go up. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, I mean, buy cost is definitely something where you can leverage your cash. Uh, or a quantity, right? If you're willing yeah. to buy a whole bunch, then you should be getting a steep bargain. That's just the way you know business works and has worked since the beginning of time. So if somebody says, "Oh, yeah, I have a bunch, and uh, they're a dollar a piece," well, you say, "Well, if I'm taking all five thousand of them, then I'm paying a quarter a piece and take it or leave it." Right? It's you. You got to kind of stand firm with some of these things you run into as a reseller, especially when it comes to buying in bulk. Don't don't let don't let yourself get pushed around. So I'll give you a perfect point of being not necessarily pushed around, just good deal striking. I did a garage sale a couple of years ago. I had something that I had a $200 ticket on. I think it was some antique furniture thing. Anyway, guy walks up to me, offers me $100, pulls out his wallet, and it's not a $100 bill. It's like fives, ones, tens, et cetera. This is pay attention, folks. Pay attention to what's about to happen, if you already know what's about to happen. He's like, I'll give you all the cash in my hand right now. I'll give you 100 bucks right now. This is all I have. You've emptied my wallet. I'm like, or I walk away. I'm like, I'll take your hundred bucks. Sure. He played me. I didn't think about it till after the fact. And this is before I was really a reseller. But retroactively thinking about it, he totally played me. And to Mike's point, cash is king. So, so I mean, 
maybe that's what I got to do, right? I go in with like a, a wad of ones and I'm like, this is what I got. Like, take it or leave it. And I really got a back pocket full of 20s. <laughs> right? You got two pockets, right, Mike? You got yeah. your real money and then you got your bargaining money. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just, you know, you got you got swashbuckled, buddy. You, you, you're going to do it. I'll admit it. He took me. I still got hundred dollars, so but whatever. Learning experience. So yeah, I mean, high cost is going to go up when it comes to thrift stores, but you should always be looking for a way to get your buy cost down. Whether that's you know, backroom access, buying all the all buying everything at once. There's a million different ways. I get tired of you know seeing people complain. Oh, thrift store prices are going up. Well, what are you doing besides thrift stores, right? I mean, if if I had to rely on this business between you know salvation army and goodwill my business wouldn't exist it'd be too hard and too expensive um i mean we all know the ben's campers they they still get marginally good deals because they pay by weight essentially right but how often do you see the ben's shopper go into the actual thrift part of the store or to a thrift in general they, they're at the ben's because that's where the better deals are do you uh, good do you think like those people though, right? We kind of came to the conclusion a lot of them are just like middlemen kind of, right? They just grab stuff that they know somebody else wants and kind of five X your money and give it to somebody else. Or do you think those people actually sit there all day, go home and then list it all night? I think there's both. I think it's a mixed bag at the moment, but there's definitely some of those people are employees to a bigger seller. They're paid to go there and get the stuff and they've been trained to know what to get or or they're the other type where they're trying to they're trying to do the solo op kind of thing. And they got to compete with all the armies of all the other little people who are paid hourly to be there, not take it home and list it and make some money. All right. Now we're going to jump into another one that's probably like a lot of people were thinking about. Do you think sales are going to be up overall across the board on, you know, reselling platforms you know you think ebay is going to make more money this year than they did last year sell more items than they this year than they did last year the platform itself not individual sellers is what Pla we're talking. platform itself overall platform no i think sales are going to be down across the board for all platforms how much i would say this year is probably going to be 15 to 25 percent if it's really bad depending what happens this year because what happens in the world affects people's buying habits so if a catastrophe strikes i see it going more to the 25 percent. if it's just more or less the same people adjusting to the new norm of higher pricing i see it maybe in that 15 percent range i agree but i will preface this i plan on making more money on the platforms i sell on so just because the platform is down doesn't mean your business has to be down. I think that's kind of a uh, yeah. something that gets misconstrued because, well, eBay is going to do less business. Amazon's going to do less business. So in turn, that means I'm going to do less business. I think that's 100% the wrong way to look at it and think about it. Now, if you know that people are going to be buying less, just means you put up more. And if you know that, and if you're going to make that play, you got to factor in, okay, I'm going to have to spend more to make more. So I need to get my buy, con, my buy costs down. So I'm spending the same. So it all plays in each other. And that's how you grow. Yeah, because right at the end of the day, nobody is, nobody has their reselling business. At least most of us don't to a point where we're not growing, right? You're, 
it's not like you're going to list the same amount of items on eBay this year that you did last year, right? Everything's changing, you know, your sources are changing. You're probably getting better quality stuff because you're learning more about what you're selling. So there's so many things that go into it. And honestly, like who cares if there's less sales on these platforms, just focus on you having more sales um, just because it's down across the board. You don't have to be part of the the 20% decrease in sales. You can be a huge increase in sales and who cares if eBay's down? Well, you did, you know, 300% over what you did last year, even though eBay was down 15% on the year. Right. I mean, I got, I, and my business is different now than it was totally different than it was a year ago. I didn't start off with a warehouse. I didn't start off with employees last year. Um, granted these things cost money. Sure. But to that end, I was spending my money on my growth um, and reinvesting it back into my business. And you got to make those kind of plays too. If an employee, I'm not excluding you part-time people, not your turn yet. To you full-timers though, if you get out employees, you can, how do you best utilize their time? Are you giving them tasks that don't make you money? Are they picking up your trash? No, you need to make them list or you need to make them go out and get your inventory. Um, you need to have them help you scan uh, pack boxes, what makes you money? That's what you need to be spending your employees' time on. And that's a, that's a hard lesson to learn because, and the same for your warehouse. Are you, have you space, have you used your space efficiently? Even Mike with his storage unit. Um, I, I tell him some tips here and there. I had a, cause I did storage unit game once upon a time, sucked, didn't like it. I, I loved it actually, but I dealt with the storage unit for quite a while. And I figured out these little tricks that I don't mind passing on to Mike and some of the others here. Um, because I could just, I could just throw the books in, in one giant pile in the middle. Right. But that's not the best use of my space is when you open it up, these books just spill out. Right. I'm sure there's people that do that clothes, shoes, whatever. Do, Everything. Do you think that the, the, the decrease, so say eBay has a decrease 15% across the board from last sure. year to this year. Do you think that the, the decrease is going to come from part-timers or full-timers? Who's going to get the biggest hit? Yeah. I think the part-timers are going to get the biggest hit because they're not going to make the adjustments that the full-timers would need to. That's not to say, I'm not saying that across the board. I mean, I, I, I see know some part-time people that hustle like crazy and I see some full-timers that, okay, you made no adjustments this year and this is why we did this. Yeah, it's, it's tough when you think about it, right? Because like you said, uh, just because you're doing this full-time doesn't mean you're making money. Uh, we already come to that conclusion, right? And there's a lot of yeah. part-timers that do it really, really part-time and make a lot of money doing it. So it's 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 tough to say. Um, I would honestly say that I, I'm going to go opposite of you. I'm going to say the full-timers would lose a larger chunk because I feel like people are so scared to, to change their business model, especially if they're full-time, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think you you kind of get into a habit of well you know this worked on eBay so it's going to work it's just because uh we're we're in a depression or whatever you want a recession whatever you want to call it it's almost as if a lot of full timers justify that as to their decrease in sales when really it should be them not changing their business model is the reason the decrease in sales not because of the recession depression whatever you want to call it we're in. It's easier to blame your environment than blame yourself. And then once you're done blaming yourself, adjust. It's way easier to blame everything else going around or going on around you. 
yeah, I, I guess that sums it up in, you know, the common sense terms is, you know, a lot of people can't look in the mirror. And I even seen it when I was at CBS, right? Managers can't take criticism. You know, I come in, I come into your warehouse tomorrow and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you doing it this way? This doesn't make sense. You, you, most people react to that and they're going to, they're not going to be like you and say, Hey, well, what are you doing? That's better than what I'm doing. They're going to say, well, get that, get out of my warehouse. You don't even know what you're talking about. So just shut up. I've been doing this for 10 years. What you say means nothing to me. Instead of thinking, well, let me see, maybe this person has a better, more efficient way to do something. And honestly, I can say my business is basically bits and pieces just from everybody else that I learned from and watched on YouTube and, you know, people that are in the group and everything, I kind of pick and choose things that I can try to plug in that are going to save me time. And uh, it's pretty crazy. It's almost like a hybrid of everything building the one. But even though I have this set up the way I do, you still like, you got to make a change every once in a while. I did it with my Amazon business this year, like more merchant fulfilling and, you know, looking for higher profit items. But most people are going to be like, no, because it worked last year or the year before. But do you really know that it worked? Did you really do a full line breakdown of every single sale, every single dollar that came in and went out? I don't think so. But that's why that's my reason behind why I think full timers are uh, going to be the take the bigger hit compared to part timers, because people are so afraid to change anything with their businesses. No, and I'm very open to change. Um, and I, I do I do think I'm an intelligent human being. But it, usually if it's a major change, I'm going to give a secret. I call Mike and I like, Mike, here's my idea. Tell me how I'm wrong or or if I'm right. But if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong and how I can make it more correct or just scrap it all together. Because I think it's important to have someone or a group of people in your life that can be a voice of reason. Because I can be so certain of a thing and I've missed something so small that makes it all worthless. Um, so I think it helps to share what you're thinking with others. If it's a group or an individual that understands what you're doing, that's the hardest part because not everybody you talk to understands what we do in our business and things apply differently. So it has to be somebody within the community or some people in the community. I think it's important that you as resellers have that, um, those business uh, acquaintance connections. Thanks for listening to another episode of the resellers mindset podcast. Today's full episode and all previous episodes are available to all YouTube members along with the weekly Zoom call and private Discord. Head on over to youtube.com backslash the used book guy and consider joining for as little as $2.99 a month.